Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. So I really have like five to ten topics that I can't stop talking about and that I seem to like incorporate into everything I do. Staff training is one of them. Easy data collection is one of them. And reinforcement is definitely one of them. Reinforcement makes its way into anything I'm teaching or talking about because it always plays a role. So our next Encore episode is only fitting to be centered around reinforcement. And I truly love this episode because it highlights some of the reasons why reinforcement might not be working for you. You know, sometimes I'll get an email or a comment or a question that'll be like, oh, you know, reinforcement doesn't seem to work for my child or my student. And I'm always like, oh, ha, 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 ha. That means you're not using a reinforcer. Like I need like a button or like an auto reply on my email with that. So reinforcement at first might seem real simple, right? It's something that comes after a behavior that increases the probability of that behavior happening again. So we're like, cool, we'll just hand out iPads and Cheetos and stickers and tokens to everyone. It'll be fine. But it gets a little bit more complicated, and that's why reinforcement might not be working. So we're gonna talk, we're gonna jump in with episode 41, how reinforcement goes wrong. Now, if you've listened to this episode or maybe thought, think you've listened to this episode, because it was over a year ago, I want you to listen to it again. Because every time that we take in content, whether it's a podcast or a training video or read an article or read a book, 
we are at a different place in our career, in our parenting, we're going to be in a different spot to take in new information. And because this is such an important topic, I want you to take it in again. Even if you are like, I am the master at reinforcement. I know how to do all the things. This is great. Listen to it again. Because not only do you have to implement this strategy, you likely have to teach others to implement this strategy. Your team, your coworkers, other people in your family. So let's jump in with episode 41, whether you've listened to it for the first, about to listen to it for the first time or have listened to, or listening to it again. And let's see what new takeaways you can grab that will impact the way you deliver reinforcers to your learners. I love talking about reinforcement because reinforcement is the reason why things in our classrooms work or don't work. It's why our kids learn new skills. It's why our staff participates in staff training. It's why our behavior plans work. It's why negative behaviors decrease and replacement behaviors increase. The tricky part is that I see reinforcement used incorrectly all the time. So if reinforcement is used incorrectly, it means all of those things that I just mentioned might not be working so well. And reinforcement is something that a lot of us think that we know a lot about. Um, Before I learned about ABA, it's something that I thought I knew what it meant. But reinforcement is a term that's thrown around without really understanding the full meaning. Reinforcement is more than stickers. It's more than a treasure chest of treats. It's more than a token economy. Today, I want to get into the technical definition of reinforcement. Don't let the word technical scare you. It's easier than it sounds. And I want to get into why reinforcement goes wrong. Because if you're doing it incorrectly, it's one, not reinforcement, and two, it's not helping anyone. So first, let's get into what is the definition of reinforcement. Reinforcement is something that comes after a behavior that increases the probability of that behavior happening again in the future. So let's break that down a second. So something's happening after a behavior, and it increases the chance that that behavior happens more often. So the behavior already happened. Johnny already walked in the classroom and he hung up his backpack perfectly without anyone having to tell him. It's done. The behavior happened. When we add a reinforcer in here, it's because we want to see Johnny hanging up his backpack by himself with no one having to tell him. We want to see him doing that tomorrow and next week and next month. It's not about changing that behavior in the moment because that behavior's finished. It's about seeing more of those behaviors and more and more. And keep in mind, reinforcement can happen with positive behaviors or negative behaviors. When a kid runs out the classroom and three adults chase after him and he's thinking, this is freaking hilarious and I'm having a blast and I'm playing chase in the hallway with three adults that look crazy Because remember, adults look crazy when they chase children in the hallway because all you are thinking about is getting to that kid before he gets to the stairwell to make sure he's safe. So vanity's out the window. That behavior of running out the classroom is reinforced. What followed running was a ton of real cool adult attention and it's going to likely increase the chance of that child running out the room in the hallway again in the future. Reinforcement doesn't just happen with positive behaviors. It happens with all behaviors. Also, reinforcement isn't a special ed or education or autism type concept. 
reinforcement happens for all human behaviors. It's, ho- it's why we all do what we do. The behaviors that we do frequently, we're doing frequently because those behaviors are being reinforced. Every single time I go into a Starbucks and I tell them what I want and I give them the app on my phone, guess what happens? They give me coffee and it's amazing. And guess what happens after I drink coffee? I drink coffee and I feel more awake. I feel more energetic. I can talk even faster than I'm talking already. It's amazing. So guess what I want to do all the time? I want to go to Starbucks and I want to get coffee because those behaviors are reinforced. When I don't want to do the dishes and I'm feeling like that is not something I want to do, I go on my phone and I scroll Instagram and it is way more fun than doing the dishes because on Instagram I can watch tasty videos and I can look at fashion bloggers, try on things from Amazon and it is entertaining and I don't have to deal with the dishes right now. So next time I have to do the dishes, I think, ooh, you know what was more fun? scrolling on my phone on Instagram. That behavior is reinforced. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So once you start to think about reinforcement and as a universal concept that happens with all of us, and once we kind of dig into that definition of something that happens after a behavior that makes that behavior more likely to happen again in the future, we can start to identify where some potential missteps with quote unquote reinforcers happen. And I'm using the quote unquote here and you can't see me, but I'm doing it physically right now, the air quotes, because when we don't follow the definition, it's not technically a reinforcer. So you might be running around giving everyone stickers or tallies or letting them go to the treasure chest. But if those things aren't a reinforcer or you're not utilizing them as a reinforcer, you can't call it a reinforcer anymore. It's just a sticker because it's no longer causing an increase in that behavior. So let's talk about the two big clues that I see happening all the time that immediately let me know that whatever's going on is not reinforcement. So the first one is the quote unquote reinforcer isn't working. By definition, reinforcers will increase the likelihood that that behavior happens in the future. So if you're not seeing that increase, meaning things aren't working, your token economy is not working, your praise, your good grades, whatever you're using, that means it's not a reinforcer or potentially you're not using it correctly. But what's likely here is that whatever you're using is not reinforcing for that student's behavior. Reinforcement is individual to each person. I might have given you that Starbucks example and you were like, heck yeah, all of those things. I love coffee. But maybe you are one of the few crazy people in the world that don't drink coffee. I mean, good for you. It's probably way healthier. Coffee is not a reinforcer for your behavior. So going to Starbucks to get a coffee isn't something you're likely to do frequently because coffee 
isn't a reinforcer for you. So start to think about for your learners what their individual reinforcers could be for their behaviors. Reinforcement is going to be different for all of the students in your classroom. One kid might love the iPad and he will do anything for the iPad. You can really see right away that the iPad is a reinforcer for his behavior. Another student might take the iPad when you give it to him. He might even pick it off a choice board. But you're not seeing increases in behavior. You're not seeing any extra motivation to do work. If you're seeing that happen, really start to look and identify if that iPad is a reinforcer for that learner. Just because they're picking it off of a choice board doesn't mean it's necessarily a reinforcer. Remember, some of our learners struggle to make choices. Some of our learners are super routine-based. They might just be picking the choice, the iPad off the choice board because that's what they always pick. And remember, reinforcers change. So maybe the situation you're in is that what you're utilizing used to be a reinforcer, but it's not anymore. The tricky part about this whole thing is that reinforcers change. They change on a daily basis, on a month-to-month basis, and on a yearly basis. It's because what we want changes. Sometimes we just get sick of things that we're using too often. It's no longer fun or cool. If you've been utilizing the same potential reinforcers or choice board for many, many weeks or months, Johnny might just not be into those things anymore. I like to call this the Taylor Swift effect. The new Taylor Swift song comes out, you're all into it. You download it, you listen to it on Spotify. Every time it's on the radio, you're turning it up. But what happens after a few days? You're like, oh my gosh, if I hear bad blood again, I'm going to lose my mind. You get sick of it. And this happens, I think, pretty frequently in special ed classrooms. Because if you have a student that it's kind of hard to find a reinforcer for, and they show a little bit of interest, or maybe something works as a reinforcer one day, we tend to go all in. Maybe Johnny shows a little bit of interest in a slinky, or one day, you know, slinky seems to really be functioning as a reinforcer. That night, we go to Target, we go to the Dollar Tree, we go to Five Below, we buy every slinky that you can purchase in your area. You've now spent $53 on slinkies. What happens a week later? Johnny never touches a slinky again, right? He got sick of it. We overused it. Sometimes it's just the novelty of an item that's reinforcing. Like, oh, this is new and this is cool. Once you start to be open-minded about what reinforcers are and thinking about this reinforcer list as a flexible, changing thing that isn't static, you're going to be a lot more successful. Identifying a reinforcer can be hard because it's hard to kind of leave behind our preconceived notions of what we think reinforcers should be. This student should just work for the good grades. This student should want to make the teacher happy, make mom and dad happy, not have his peers laugh at him. Keep in mind, good grades and praise and specific types of attention might not be a reinforcer for all kids. Work completion isn't a reinforcer for all kids. We need to meet our learners with where they're at. It is not up to us to decide what's a reinforcer and what's not. 
Also, something could be an attention, a reinforcer in one form, but not in another. I used to have a client who was in the high school setting who did a check-in, check-out procedure. It's kind of like a behavior contract, but in the morning, you check in with an adult and review the expectations, and then at the end of the day, you check out and review kind of your feedback from all of the teachers. Check-in, check-out's a really cool evidence-based strategy. Side note, if you want to learn more about it, go to pbis.org. Their website has tons of cool resources on this type of stuff. But anyways, he used a check-in, check-out procedure, and he checked in and checked out with the security guard at the school. And the security guard at the school was a young, cool guy. My client got to know him. He thought he was cool. They had the same taste in music. He liked this guy. When this guy gave him praise, oh man, that praise and that attention for sure was a reinforcer for this learner's behavior. When I gave him praise, he could have cared less. My attention, my praise was not a reinforcer for him because he didn't care as much what I thought. He cared about what the cool young guy thought. So think about with things like attention, with things like different toys or activities, how these things can kind of take form and become reinforcers based on how they're utilized. So I shared this story on Insta stories a few weeks ago. I have two little girls. The youngest one is one and a half and she's really starting to develop her own little personality and really fight back with her older sister. The one toy that they both fight over is this little purple plastic pretend ID card for Doc McStuffin. And they both pretend it's a phone. They have a million cool, amazing Melissa and Doug toys. Like I'm a teacher. I got cool stuff for them. And all they want is this stupid piece of plastic. And they fight over this thing. And it's a big deal if I take it away. And it's a big deal if they get it. And I always have to remind myself when I'm feeling frustrated, like really all of this over this piece of purple plastic, I have to remind myself that I can't pick what's a reinforcer and what's not. So how do we identify what is a reinforcer for your learners? I have three big ideas for you. One, observe your students. And this will be the suggestion that you like nod your head and you're like, cool, cool, on to the next one, Sasha. Because observation seems like something that you probably already do and something that you maybe just don't have time to do as well. And you do observe your students all the time, for sure. But we tend to observe our students while doing other things. We're multitasking. Truly observing is doing nothing else but paying attention to your student and what they're doing. If you spend some real time, and by real time I mean three to five minutes, but that's that's a lot of valuable real estate in a school day schedule. But spending three to five minutes just watching your learner seeing what toys they go to, what peers they interact with, what they do when they're on your own, you can learn so much about potential reinforcers. Idea number two, trial and error. Write things down. Do preference assessments. Put options out and see what they take. Don't rely on that same old choice board. Really kind of shift things up and try things that are new and then take data on it. The trial and error piece only works when you're noting what works and what doesn't because if you forget what works, really what's the point? Idea number three is a big one. Talk to mom and dad. 
And do not talk to mom and dad and be like, hey, what's Johnny's reinforcer? That'd be cool if I could get that. Great, thanks. Because mom and dad might not know. Or they might not be able to keep up with the ever-changing list that are Johnny's reinforcers. So ask mom and dad, what things are in your child's bedroom? What does your child do right after he gets home from school? If you're going to take a five-hour car trip, what things are you packing for your child to do? If the Wi-Fi goes out in your house, are you calling 911? So ask some questions that'll get a conversation going and give you some new ideas. What are some potential reinforcers for this learner? Okay, so let's talk about the second big clue I see when I start to identify that something is not actually a reinforcer. When I see a quote-unquote reinforcer using before the behavior that the person wants to see more of, I know this is not reinforcement. Because let's think back to our definition. Our definition is something that follows a behavior to increase the chance of it happening again. It follows the behavior. So we need to see the behavior we want to see more of, which right now, let's assume that's the positive behavior, right? I'm assuming no one is trying to reinforce negative behaviors on purpose. So the positive behavior happens. Reinforcement is coming after. If it doesn't come after, it's not reinforcement. If it comes before the behavior with the hope that the positive behavior will follow, that's called bribery. And I'm going to use a really good example here that I stole from Leanne Page, who I interviewed at an earlier episode of the podcast. She has a great blog, Parenting with ABA. So the example that Leanne shared with me is about taking some kids into the grocery store. We've all been there as a parent even a teenager, a toddler, whatever. You got to get your groceries and you want to power through and make sure everyone acts how they should. So let's say you're with your two toddlers. You're about to go into the grocery store. You know things haven't been going so well. So you bring two lollipops in your pocket. You're in the grocery store. The kids start whining. Whining escalates to yelling. Yelling escalates to like the pre-tantrum situation. We've all been there. Like you see it's coming. It's coming any second. Like we're kicking. We're maybe getting into some of the tantrum behaviors on their own. And so so when you see that happening, you whip out the lollipops and you're like, hey, if you guys are quiet and you guys stay in the car and you guys listen, you can have these lollipops. And they're like, cool. No problem. They take the lollipops, they quiet down, life goes on. That's bribery. The struggle with bribery is that in that moment, bribery works. When you hand over those lollipops with the hope that positive behavior will follow, it might follow. Like in the example I just gave, the parent gives the lollipops, the kids are quiet. The tantrum stops. They listen for that time period. So as a parent, my behavior of bribery, my bribery behavior has been reinforced because something cool followed it. I gave my kids a bribe and I got what I wanted. They stopped tantruming. It worked for me, the parent. But let's think about the other side of this equation. What happened for the kids? What did it teach the kids? It taught the kids in this example that if you want to get what you want, 
you should tantrum and you should whine and you should yell. And from the kid's perspective, their tantruming behavior was reinforced because tantrums happened, then the lollipop came. So next time you go to the grocery store, what are your kids going to do? They're going to tantrum again because that's what you've taught them. So it's a slippery slope. And I see this for parents, for my own parenting, and for teachers and my own teaching. You get stuck in this kind of circular pattern of reinforcing negative behaviors by giving in, giving that bribe, and getting stuck in giving those bribes over and over again. Because when we give the bribe, when we hope positive behaviors will come, we are actually reinforcing a negative behavior, which means the child is going to want to do that negative behavior more often. So let's give this example a little reinforcement makeover. Let's turn the bribery example into an example of reinforcer. And you'll see how it's pretty, it's a small distinction of what differentiates the two examples, but it's really important. So same scenario. We're at the grocery store. I've got two toddlers. I know we've had a rough day. Maybe we missed some naps. So I grab the two lollipops. Before we go into the grocery store, I clarify my expectations. I say, hey, we're going to go in the grocery store. I need you guys to stay in the cart. I need you guys to talk quietly. And I need you guys to listen to me when I tell you to do that, when, when I tell you to do something. If you do those three things, I have these two lollipops right here in my purse. When we're done grocery shopping and you've done those three things, I will give you the lollipop. So we go in the grocery store. If I see any kind of deviations from those behaviors, those like precursors, the, you know, that little whine or we, some of those starting behaviors, I remind them, hey, guys, remember that lollipop. I have to see those three things for you to get the lollipop. So we go through grocery shopping. When we get back to the car, if they demonstrated the positive behaviors I asked of them, they get the lollipops. So it seems like those are very similar examples but as we talked about in the first one, they're really different. The second example is reinforcement because it followed the positive behaviors. The positive behaviors happened first. I didn't hope that they'd happen. So I taught my kids in that situation, if you do the things I asked you, you will get a reinforcer. And of course, both of these examples are assuming lollipops are reinforcers, but we'll just take that assumption, right? So in that example, the kids had positive behaviors, then it was followed by reinforcement. Okay, so to wrap up these two areas, I'm going to share an example from Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. In this book, he talks about ways that successful people prioritize their tasks. And he makes this little quadrant box. So picture a box with four that's broken into four pieces. And across the top is urgent, things that are urgent. And the second column is things that are not urgent. And along the side are things that are important and things that are not important. So he talks about how you should start with the tasks that are obviously the most, are, that are both important and urgent. So we're going to create the same little box for reinforcers. So across the top of our box, the first column is going to say before the positive behavior, and the next column is after the positive behavior. 
along the side is, is not a reinforcer and is a reinforcer. Your goal is to live in that lower right-hand side. It needs to be after the behavior and it needs to be a reinforcer. So let's think about this. If you have identified something that is a reinforcer, but you're using it before, it's not working. If you've identified something that is not a reinforcer, it doesn't matter if you're using it before or after. Either way, it's not working. Where you're going to have success at increasing positive behaviors in a way that is lasting and a way that will hopefully generalize to other settings is when you live in that lower right-hand box. It's happening after the positive behavior and you're utilizing something that is a reinforcer. So start to think about your learners, their behaviors, and what reinforcers you can add to their environment and how you can add it in a way that will cause lasting and impactful behavior change. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.